Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, fellow co-host with us today, Leah. How are you doing? I'm actually doing fabulous. I had a I had an awesome weekend. It's a great start to the week. So yeah, so far oh, yeah. so good. You know, interviews going on the way, and guess what? Nostalgic coming back, so you can't complain. I mean, I feel like there's always a way to complain, but we will choose not to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll choose the path of least resistance. True. And uh, today's an interesting episode. We're going to go over some notable anime reboots and basically discuss, you know, slight differences between each reboot and discuss it as a series as a whole. Yep, because there's oh. a lot to notice in reboots, and nostalgia is always going to be there. So I think it's I think it's really cool to see how shows come back, and you know some do better than the others. So that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> True. So, if, for anyone that doesn't know what a reboot next slate is, a reboot basically encompasses. One series being produced, and then another series of the same or similar name or same name comes back, but it's a totally different company or totally different project. Yeah, it can definitely vary because sometimes it'll just be a new company and they'll be retelling the same story, or there'll actually be changes that have been made, like on the manga side, that they're like, yeah, this show deserves it. It had a lot of love when it first came out. But these yeah. changes would definitely make it better. Yeah. Oh yeah. My definitely. favorite shows have been like re been rebooted and and brought back, so you just get twice the amount of fun. Oh yeah. And you know, double the trouble, double the fun. I feel like that, that phrase can work sometimes, but like probably <laughs> not in the court of not like in the court of law. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if the judge is like, this is your second offense, you're like, hey, double the trouble. I mean, true. Get they just got double jeopardy. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> we, can, we can add that in. I guess that's fair. Yeah. So, the first series that we're going to discuss at the anime reboot is Dororo. And Dororo is really interesting because. Uh, it's like, it's from, you know, Tezuka, created of like Astro Boy and Blackjack. Um, it came out, in, in, the original anime was in 1969. It was a faithful adaptation. It has to be censored that the network at the time was too dark. Because Dororo is uh, about a person who at birth has no senses and no limbs, and he's just cursed as a, as a, but in that form. So, what do you think of Dorado? I mean, I definitely get the censorship from back in the day, especially if we're going back to 1967. That still right. falls in around a time where Japan was still censoring um, the type of media that was coming out. So, yeah. it coming back. You know, having a different animation style. The animation style definitely is different. 
Like it, it almost kind of looks like a completely different show when you look at the character design for the main character, but it still has some of the main elements. They're just allowed to have the freedom to show a lot more of the gore and get a lot more into those dark themes and storylines, um, which I think it does it justice. Um, I think it makes it like, okay, original fans of the show and then also original fans of the manga can kind of see it in its full glory. Yeah, and uh, the basically the plot, you know, his mother knew, was forced to set him adrift on the river. He's left to be killed by, he was left to be killed by his father. The infant was suddenly found and raised by a sensei, medicine man, healing magic, and methods to give the child prosthetics, crafting him the remains of the children who died in the war. He became invincible in immortal blow as a result of prosthetics and healing magic. Left arm, special blade, and then there you go. So he's he has no eyes, no limbs, and he has he's a very who uh, I guess supposedly die. I mean, he sounds awesome. Though. He sounds yeah, awesome. He's like... very intense. <laughs> like, yeah. It's definitely an intense show. I don't think anyone's watching it and it's like getting the happy, you know, like happy yeah. days vibe from it. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even the eyes, the uh, the glass eyes too. The glass eye <laughs> look is actually really cool. I will have to say that, especially in the, um, yeah. the in new the, adaptation. Yeah, the new adaptation, they actually focus more on actual prosthetics and swords and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely more detail added, but you also have to think yeah. when it came out in 1967, it's the Astro mm-hmm. Boy kind of iconic drawing style that we we all know and love. So I I can see why there probably wasn't as much attention to detail, but newer anime definitely likes to focus in. Um, has a lot of influences from like 90s attention to detail and focus. So I think they did great. Oh yeah, and the 2019 version is actually not bad, and it actually captures more of what was censored in the original. So if you, you know, want a tamer version, the first is really good, black and white, but it's still really good. The newer version is in color, but that's not the main difference. The main difference is one showing more of the gory detail, while the other one is not. Yeah, it's a change in censorship. I think that's that's what it needed. Yeah, so well received. Actually, uh, it was really received in the community when Dotoro got, you know, forty some year, forty years later the reboot. So, which is impressive because you, I don't think you see that often, like a show being brought forty years later and doing well. Yeah, it actually did really well when it launched in 2019. So, can't really complain too much. Not at all. Tazuka, he did really good content, so I can't complain. Iconic content, yeah. Yeah. And also, it takes to really note that uh, even if the shift from black right to color... Right, it was maybe the most dr- noticeable difference. Black and white was still is still very 
can still be very cheap to produce. Color actually has a lot more technology because now you're not having just the typical color. Now you actually see everything. So if we ever had to go back to black and white, I don't think people would complain too much unless they take it for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a possibility. I, I mean, there's certain shows I think work really well for black and white. And this is clearly one of them. Like, this is definitely one. Of, it's already dark, like dark, and it has the themes for it. I think black and white would it work for you know shows with a lighter storyline, yeah, um, and happier like, themes to it. Yeah, yeah. You're talking like Berserk will have a, a good black and white version. Berserk, yeah, Berserk is great for black and white. <laughs> oh god, there's no joy happening in that show. <laughs> it's just fair and war and more war. Just, just pain. <laughs> oh gosh. So, uh, hmm. let's, just, let's see. So, next up is Hunter x Hunter, which is another iconic show. That got a reboot and did so much better, I think, with the reboot. At least personally to me. I like the new style that they have for the drawing. It's taking taking forever for them to finish it. But the drawing style and the animation, I think, is really good. Yeah. And also, it might not feel like a reboot necessarily, but it's considered a reboot of sorts because even though it's a continuation of the original series, it's still a really fresher look into the animation and the, the long hiatus that the show went on. Because of the manga. You know, you can't really complain too much if the manga is being delayed and yeah, it sets up production schedules. But I think they make the right choice in that in that area. I mean, uh, yes and no. I guess I, I would say yes only in comparison to like other shows that kind of went on past the manga. Um, and then it didn't do so well. Cause people were like, where are you going? Are you just writing this as you go? And they, they kind of are. Um, and then, I mean, for Hunter x Hunter, they stopped right before the Chimera arc, which is one of the very big and like impactful ones. Everyone loves that arc and who watches the show. Um, so I, I do like that they basically, you know, started from the beginning got all the way through it and they went as far as they could now again and they're on hiatus like I don't, yeah. I don't even know if they've been it's been announced when they're coming back let me see yeah I don't know I I think shows are going on long hiatus have like there's like a big old fan reaction if it comes back but most of the time, studios don't want to do that to keep the fans waiting. So they go off script and it just turns out to be weirder than the actual manga. I mean, true. I, I A great explanation, I would say, when it comes to shows that decide to conti- continue on without the manga or source material. Um, there's a clip yeah. from the show, Gintama that talks about mm-hmm. the several different ways things can go, you know, a little off tracks when um, 
the manga, if a show is trying to slow down to keep up with it, if it goes beyond it and then it has to circle back so it catches up, it's there's so so many tricky ways that you know the the storyline can get lost. Your character scenes they're completely different. Um, but I mean, for Hunter x Hunter, them stopping and deciding to come back yeah. years later with a completely different you know style and all of that, I think they, I think it's the right move because everyone yeah. loves it. The fight scenes are phenomenal. Absolutely. And also, you know, Hunter x Hunter is really one of those uh, anime that it's not the... Uh, at one point, it it topped in, in sales. So it was like, you know, official top three. There's an argument for that at one point when Bleach was failing on sales. So. Yeah. But yeah, you know, even to get that spot means that it actually drew attention away from the other bigger seller at the time. So it, it's commendable. Yeah, I think it's first off, it's got some of the most <laughs> some of the wildest villains um and storylines yeah. out of oh, most yeah. shows. Like I think everyone like Hisoka, everyone knows who he is, even if you haven't seen it. It's like mm-hmm. the anime version of it. It's just, he's a mess. And I mean, I a lot of my friends also have like the tattoo, like uh, have anime tattoos. And everyone I know who has anime tattoos has something from Hunter x Hunter. I don't know why. It's very, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just a show that when people watch it, they get very much so into it. I think it's because it has kind of almost Pokemon vibes. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like a young kid who just decides to take off, <laughs> like thirteen. I mean, he's also he's tough. also a main character. Doesn't have a lot of uh, abilities, too. So yeah, no, at all. Like he doesn't have much. So the way he fights is kind of interesting. Even if he's not like necessarily winning, he still has a team to back him up too. But he can has the determination to uh, pull out victories in unusual ways. It's very unorthodox. Especially very much so. His, his yeah. weapon of choice is a fishing pole. I guess I can't believe that. I love Gon. I, I think he's great. Everyone also loves Killua. Like, and, and this is also one of those shows where I, I'm glad they yeah. remade it because um, Hunter x Hunter is also known for being a show that changes the outfits of the characters. Uh, yeah. Especially like if in in the manga and also in the show itself so in recent years that's become like a really big thing that people love to see and they do it really well so i'm glad that they remade the show and the lines are clearer the colors are more vibrant so the outfits look cooler true you know and i think it goes off to show you that even if Something like Hunter X Hunter coming back. That means there could be other hope for other stuff too. Yeah, I would say the only thing though is like I don't mind if a show comes back, but finish it. it like, <laughs> like finish yeah. it. It don't take forever. We're we're waiting. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, next one, you know, they might have Nin, but how about Alchemy and Magic? Well, my Alchemist Brotherhood. This, I think, is the best example of a show that came back, in my, at least in my opinion. Too. 
Especially being yeah. so long as well. Like for for this to come back, I think was was perfect, and it's basically just one season. I mean, one season. It's just like a hundred some episodes, two hundred episodes. It feels like it feels like one season to me because I don't know anyone who doesn't just you just keep watching. You just keep watching. Like, even when the movie came out for the original Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. like, I watched it because I was like, I like a, the never ending story is how it felt to me. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want it to end. I want to keep seeing what's going to happen. I want them to be happy. I want Ed and Winry to be together and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like whenever I watch it, it doesn't feel as long as it actually is. Um, oh. Because there's always some, it's, it's very, it's a fun show. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's got a lot of foolishness. It has everything that I love. I absolutely love and this show. <laughs> Brotherhood FMA actually stayed more to the manga because at the time of original FMA, they, the manga wasn't completed, so they had to go off track and go off script. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, had, they had the similar endings, but they're like super drastic differently. Uh, I I mean, yeah, like, I, I think this is kind of, you know, how you were saying in the beginning, it, there's, there's this like key differences that make like a remake sometimes better or might make the original better and Full but Metal Alchemist. So close, it's really hard to tell. <laughs> it's like, that's why this is an audience. It is, it is very easy to tell. <laughs> no, so no, close, it's very like... easy to tell. <laughs> They well, they literally changed out. Actually, like FMA better than Brotherhood, and more people like Brotherhood more than FMA. It's one of the, there's not really a necessary agreement in the community which one's better. That is not true. That's Brotherhood. Brotherhood is definitely the one that most people say <laughs> because it's it, it it's just it is better. We have to. Yeah, but a lot of times people are a fan sense. of Brotherhood are also fans of the FMA, so they have mixed reactions. Like, oh, at least they watch FMA yeah, and Brotherhood together. So. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with um, the original and I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. And I didn't think that there was a way that they could make it better. But then I saw Brotherhood, and I think a lot of people might saw Brotherhood, and then you were just like, oh, no, they, they definitely could have made it better. Like, and they did, and and that's because the manga was complete, and it did feel like more of a succinct story. Like what yeah. they did with Greet's character and how they made changes, and how the mom was used in the story. I think those those small but very significant differences added yeah. like a more heartfelt feeling to it. But at, oh, at the yeah. end of the day, you're still gonna love all the characters, most of the characters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And actually, you know, one show that kind of sparked the idea for this is Fruit Basket. I love Fruit Basket. This is they the did amazing. Between the 2001 and the, uh, I believe, like 2019, 2020. Is, I think it's 19, yeah. It's the double of the episodes. Because uh, the original Fruit Basket ended... With the cliffhanger, I think. Um, I don't remember. I think you're right, but that it was, but it was also during the absolute height of the fruit basket fandom, like in franchise, yeah. because 
the this um the mangas for the show like every everyone absolutely loved them and then they had the card game and all of that so like people were very invested in fruit basket <laughs> and like it like forget twilight <laughs> like let's get the fruit basket is how people yeah talk. i probably have to stick with the original version just because it actually think feels genuine the new version is just so different I, oh, I, I like know. I like the new one. I, no, the original version really has nostalgic for me. Like I know some yeah. like newer version, but like the newer version just seems like very sappy. Like Yeah, I mean that's fair. But I will say that the newer one, like anyone who reads Fruit Basket, Fruit Basket is a is a like a, a romance. Um mm. and basically it's the main character is a girl named Toro who moves into the house of this very strange family. Um, and for some reason, every member of the family uh, turns into a animal from yeah. the, uh, the Zodiac size. So every single yeah. one of them, if they're, I think if they're like hugged or kissed by the opposite sex, um, like the opposite gender, they turn into their animal. And so yeah. it's a, it's a whole, like there's two, there's Yuki and there's Kyo. They're they're like yin and yang of each other. One's fiery yeah. and hot. The other one's like the cool prince. The whole story is about which one will she end up with. Um, but there's also darker tones to the story yeah. that you start to find out about the family and why they are the way they are, why everyone really needs therapy in this family. Um, and I don't think that the original really like got how dark it was. Because it, yeah, it, it, it was some mess. <laughs> it, it was some mess. And I think the newer one does hit like truer to what the the manga had. Yeah, um, and that, it does. That's coming from someone who has all of all of the books. The hard yeah, and then also uh, I think the member of the family who's the female cousin has also has the same effect. On she can turn into the animal forms as well. I don't know. I really love Fruit Basket. No, it's a fantastic show. Yeah. I met one of the voice actors at one of the conventions. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, Superstar Anime Convention Review that day, so it was... Absolutely jealous. But I just wish I don't know. Like the anime, the second anime. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You, you kind of have to admit manga too. I'll give you that. That's fair. <laughs> like, they're like, well, we're we going to do it. Let's just do it. In and the next one on the list, Helsing. 
I mean, there's not many differences I see in it. I mean, I, the animation style. Like, I mean, the animation style, yes, but like. Hello? Orange eyes and the creepy smile. Oh, hold on. Like, come on. Mason. What? No, no. Your phone's cutting. Your thing's cutting in and out. Oh. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear what you said at first. Oh. Well, it was the same red hat, uh, orange glow in the eyes, creepy smile, same suit, you know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, they, they keep true to the original yeah. source material. But just like with Full Metal Alchemist, the yeah. original story, like the manga, wasn't complete. Um, yeah. So I think for the remake, like Hellsing Ultimate, the naming is perfect. Like it really is ultimate because it has everything that the manga had, but you get to see it in full action. Yeah. And I, I love Alucard. Like I love him. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> horrible. He's hilarious though. Yeah, and the villain of the original is Incognito. <laughs> so Incognito is totally original to the first Housing uh, Ultimate, which is hilarious because of, you know, manga not finishing. Yeah, I really like because I I really do enjoy the fact that like in the in the remake, especially for itself. I think I, I felt it was a bit more impactful and I liked how the story mm -hmm. flowed. And of course, it's also very, it's cleaner um, yeah. than the original version. And, yeah. and, and then there's also the abridged version that's on YouTube, which yeah. makes it so much, it makes it so much funnier. So oh <laughs> it makes it, it makes it so, it, you see how chaotic it really is. As if that yeah. was a clear I don't know about Bridge. I don't usually try to watch a Bridge because it just, I don't know. It has to be like super good Bridge for me. It can't just be any a Bridge if that makes any sense. Well, the one for Helsing Ultimate, I promise you, is actually a good one because they also okay. did the DBZ um, a Bridge series, and everyone loves that one. Oh, okay. Well, that might have some hope for me then. Maybe one day we'll cover a bridge series in some time and fashion. Uh, that's definitely not family friendly. That's the only thing about a bridge series. <laughs> There's nothing family friendly about the bridge. It's always, always going to be inappropriate. So we, we may, we may just write something on that one. <laughs> I don't know if we'll talk about it. Yeah, mm. it brings us to the next one on the list. Fate State Night Unlimited Blade Works. Now, this one is based off of a visual novel. And yeah. I know this show, but I only know it like burly. Just just enough to like know what it is. And if mm -hmm. if I was like an anime trivia, I would at least know the name of it. But yeah. when I look at the styles of it, I have to say I do like the original, like um, I like the original yeah. drawing style better. It's kind of like OG yeah. anime. Well, also with me, okay, I didn't actually think this was a reboot until just now. Uh, because of the fact, like, I thought 
Fate State Night was, and then Fate State Night Unlimited Blade Works was actually like the continuation of that other season. I didn't know it was like even when I watched it, it didn't feel like a reboot at all. It felt like a the season two. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a reboot. I think that's. I think it's one of the few on this list where you're like. Wait, that has something before it? <laughs> like that's yeah. he's like, oh, I had no idea. Like and I watched like, I think in its originality yeah. in its entirety, but like it just felt like it was a season season two kind of thing. Yeah, Whoa. and I, I, I think also it, it's like they the way that they have it set up is the two different endings that you can kind of have, like uh, like basically mm-hmm. like if you play an Otome game or like a dating game or something like that, like depending on who you want the main character to end up with, that's the ending you see. Yeah. And that's kind of what they did with uh, Fate Stay Night. Yeah. So they had like the, the first one that yeah. it went in one direction and I guess the second one goes in the other. Very strange. I've never yeah. seen a show do that. Fruit Basket didn't do that. Fruit Basket said, you get what you get and yeah. shut up. <laughs> and also the main character, uh, Shiro, also was uh, had feelings for Sable in Fate State Night, and then he eliminated Blade Works Fate State Night. He had feelings for Ren. So it's it's kind of interesting seeing that dynamic, too. And I don't even it, it, it kind of offers a whole new story. So I can see why. Yeah. Fade State Night Unlimited Blade Works be one of the other continuations of the alternate endings of Fate State Night. So maybe that's why it didn't feel like a, a necessary, a, a, an obvious reboot. Maybe. I can, like, I can see that making sense. I just didn't have that impression that it was a reboot. And I mean, it, it started at the beginning, of course, but like it didn't. I don't know. It's just, I, feel like- I also think it's I, I, not to say that it's not a popular show, but I'm just yeah. saying I never heard anyone ever talk about how it, this was like a remake of it. I think for yeah. like Full Metal Alchemist, people it like really talked about how Brotherhood. They were like, oh, you know, this is the new one. They made it right this time, or they made it really different. I like the changes. Yeah. And then same with, like, Fruit Basket and all the other ones we talked about. But for this one, I never see much discussion about it being a reboot. I don't I don't even think if I Googled it, reboot would be one of the first things to come up. So. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those things that, Alternative stories sometimes do that just seems different. But it definitely works, I have to say. Yeah. Hmm. No, the next one on the list, Devilman Crybaby. Uh, these are really like set apart in the original content. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, the original Devilman Crybaby was 10 episodes. It was based on the 72 version of Devilman, which was like a spinoff kind of thing. But I don't know. But Devilman Crybaby is basically the introduction to the Devilman universe. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't seen the original or anything yeah. for it literally until um, mm-hmm. there was kind of like the reboot for it. Like I, I had seen mm-hmm. it kind of like in bookstores and whatnot in the anime section, but yeah. like in terms of actually watching it, that didn't happen until, you know, it was rebooted and Netflix ha- uh, brought it on. I was like, oh, oh, shoot, this is awesome. And also they made b- big changes to kind of like the style and the like aesthetic to the actual. It's like psychedelic, coy imagery. You know, you check out the old stuff, but they're not sufficiently terrified of Devil Man. But literally, the Netflix <laughs> uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Oh gosh, it's a, there's such a major difference between the two. Like, yeah, but I love it. I love it so much. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, the original. Is a little, I don't know, boring. It's, it's giving, it's, it's giving, it's it gives me Batman vibes. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. It it gives me like, like you know, gargoyle Batman type vibes where I'm just like, okay, you know, the the look of it and the way that they have it set up because it has a '70s yeah. theme to it. I'm not, I'm not scared. I just think that yeah. like, huh, what a weird thing to be happening. But in the in the newer one, they uh, they bring the psychedelic like fearful side of it all where reality is being bent and i think that hits a lot closer to the things that scare people now yeah instead of like back in you know what 1972 by the original devil man quite i don't know if they were being scared i mean i could i could definitely see religious folks being like what devil <laughs> and then looking at it and they were like not my child and refused to let their <laughs> kid read netflix. it especially the netflix version oh gosh the, it's it, it definitely deserves its ma rating more so than oh, yeah no they said we're gonna earn every bit of this and did not disappoint yeah to be honest devil man cry babe the original I get the feeling that it is TP14. <laughs> MA rating is like definitely the difference between the two. Yeah, there there's a clear difference in how the story is told, um, elements that are used to bring yeah. it fully to life. And also, I think because of the change of animation style, it doesn't feel as flat as I yeah. kind of felt when you look at the original. Um so I, I just, I don't know. I just really like the newer version. I think they did amazing yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody left that that show feeling different some kind yeah. of way. It's also the note that Toei Animation and Science Solo, the two different companies, like, I don't know. All right, so next on the list will be Miss... Here comes Miss Modern. So, uh, Miss Here comes Miss Modern, dubbed in 1978, 42 episodes, 
a feisty 20 Benino who wants to choose her own husband to a queer in a world that expects into an arranged marriage. And then we also have a reboot in the form of movies, which later dropped in 2017. Huh. This is interesting. Because one, we have an episonic reboot, and then we have the movie reboot. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that's kind of smart. Because, I mean, for the, the genre itself, like, like we've seen, a lot of the reboots that get kind of greenlit are action ones. So having one where it's like more life to life slash romance, I think that's really cool to see that they were like, you know what? Just make it movies. And I think it also probably flows really well as a movie. Like you can kind of have a complete story happen rather than like, you know, mainly the movies for action shows are literally just about them trying to have one big fighting arc kind of take place or it's just like a transition um, point. So like you don't know what's going to happen in the next season. So you got to watch the movie to see how we got there. Um, Yeah. That, so I think that's really smart. I think that's actually the smartest thing I've heard in a minute. Also, it's really important to note that it's the same animation company. You know, Nippon Animation. Like, Nippon Animation's making its own reboot. Like, that doesn't happen very often. It's usually two different studios that make it. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean... I'm I'm liking the newer one, but the old one, it's still very close to the new one. So it's really hard to say which one's actually better. I have to you say know, probably the movie. Just just yeah, for the simple fact that I think that yeah, I just like I like the drawing style a little bit more. I like mm-hmm. I like I like the old school drawing style. Don't get me yeah. wrong, the seventies and sixties they have a great style. I just think that there are certain shows that like work better with it. Um, and I probably wouldn't want to watch this show in its older form yeah. or in, unless I watched a movie first and then like I fall yeah. in love with the characters in the movie, then I'll go back and watch the episodes. Cause then it's just more content. But yeah, yeah I, I really like the new style. I think it fits really well. It kind of reminds me of like, um, like a like a not a webtoon, but kind of like a dating game. Mm, it's really true. cute. Yeah, you know, you know, few modern fans know the original. Uh, the way it makes an attention. Uh, second is you know, art is very really easy in the eyes. It's more digestible as a movie. We already brought that up. Movie is better version sometimes. And also, original was uh, certainly feminist for its time. Ideas about, you know, naturally changing the years since its release. So it's kind of interesting seeing that approach with it as well. Like, the decade approach in the core issue of, you know, Miss Modern. It, it brings into questions like the title, Here Comes Miss Modern, kind of brings into more light that it's like, Let's you know make this you know old anime into a new newer anime. What do you think? I see it that way, and I also see like be, because it's called Miss Modern, they they clearly yeah. have also made some adjustments in how they they tell her story and show her mm-hmm. wanting to be independent 
and achieving yeah. that and like what she holds as values. So I think I think that's great. And it being introduced to a new generation um, with a really good core message and everything, I think it works. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't see how people dislike it. Yeah. Also in the movie format, let's say it's like an hour. So it's like three installments of three movies, something like that. You have like three hours that's easier to digest in a, let's say what, 42, so, you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes each, something like that. Yeah. And I think also for your audience, just keeping in mind, um, I think some studio, especially because it's the same studio, I think they're aware of how much like content and attention they can pull from people mm-hmm. with a show like this. So maybe making it into movies definitely allows it to have more success because it may not be able to pull um, as much attention if it's going to just be like, you know, a 22 episode series, you know, people might not gravitate towards it, but as a movie, oh yeah, I definitely check it out, especially since I hadn't heard of it. True. It's actually really interesting because like, it's almost like for 30 years, like 40 years difference too. Yeah, that's a long time. And a lot of these shows have where it's, it's been almost, so long that it's almost yeah, yeah it's almost it's lost. lost. If it's also like 2018, it'll literally be like the 40th anniversary. So like maybe they did it because of that, you know? Oh, I can definitely see them marketing it um with that as well. Like 40 <laughs> years go by and you know I, Yeah, I'm sure there's like parents who are over in Japan like moms who maybe got really into Miss Modern when they were younger and then they bring it back and maybe that's something that they had their kids watch or their daughters watch. I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Very it smart. brings into, like, you know, Benno's story, who she is, how she's fighting for independence and being a woman in the 70s compared to early 2020s. Yeah. You know, it goes to show you that maybe society has changed enough where the reboot actually brings up more or more empowerment or slightly different variations of it that fits the culture. Oh, yeah, I can absolutely see that. That's also and I mean, another of course thing. you're going to have to change it. Yeah, the, of course, the, also the old reboots is also really nice to look at because. It's like a, the feeling of translation of culture is going to be maybe dramatically different. Yeah, seeing the slight changes and shifts, even if they keep the same like time period, I do yeah. think like how they go about doing you know, some of the dialogue and some of the issues brought up. There's they've probably found um, new ways to have those same kind of discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they evolve it, having those discussions in modern that's that's got to be really fun, at least for the writers. I wonder how many of the writers were big fans of the source material, too. Yeah, true. So, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, sometimes bringing up the reboot does a really good uh, 
attention to detail, but also case study of different decades. So, you know, who knows? Let's say something from like the 1950s gets some reboot that now gets a new audience. That's what reboots kind of do. It kind of brings on a new audience, whatever many years later, or Brotherhood being so close. This kind oh, yeah, of Brotherhood's brings... a great example. Yeah. yeah. You know, this also brings us to Shaman King, too. Very recent, too. I remember too. Shaman King. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I remember that one being super popular. Like, like, I don't know. Shaman King, I'm I'm actually fans of both. And, and like, I don't know. We'll, we'll say, say that, but, like, both look good. Yeah, to me, I feel like Shaman King is one of the ones that, like, stuck to it. It looks great in both ones. I don't. I don't think the old Shaman King looks bad at all. Yeah. Like I don't think I would I would watch the new one and then not be able to watch the old one. So I'd be like, oh man, look how bad it is. No, I think it looks great. You know, of course it deviate too much from the original manga, convoluted and confusing ending. I mean there's also, you know, the design That's of fair Taco Love. You know, you know, it's always gonna be some Weird design. Pokemon had another uh, Pokemon that kind of looked like that. Controversial, being racially insensitive. So, I mean, I don't really see it as being that turned off, in my opinion. I mean, you know, 2021, we're kind of seeing a new anime much more faithful to the adaptation of the manga, updated design yeah, of Joko. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Pleasing compared I, I like to style. Yeah, I like that they, they listen kind of to what the the um, audience was seeing and like the criticisms to it. So when they came back, they were well-received in like because you know, they they sat down and they worked on it, not only to make sure that it matched the original um, content material, but also that, like, they didn't just keep barreling forward, even when people were like, hey, maybe not for this part. We could change this. And it still, it didn't take away from the story. Oh, yeah. And also with Shaman King, it does really well in the story of, you know, being Getting to be the title of Shaman King. Like, the little goal of the anime is Shaman King. And shamanism is a practice of spirits and deities. Of, you know, get what it's really like a tribal religion kind of thing. It dates back a really long mm-hmm. time. And, you know, it has early influences in Shintoism in Japan. So, Shaman King kind of brings them to those beliefs a little bit. Which I do like. I love when yeah. you know, it's it's pretty popular in anime. I think Japan does a really good job of knowing how to mix their culture with their history mm-hmm. and their arts and all of that and their religions. Um, and just the way that it incorporates it and the way that you see it pop up. It's, yeah. it's, inter- it's interesting. I think they do it very, very well. Yeah, I mean, I have no complaints about it. 
I mean, the swords slightly look a little different. Like, one's the evil mask, one's like a, a possession of spirit. But I don't really get, like, major differences. Even though there is slightly. Uh, yeah, no. I don't think that there's any major differences that fans would point out and say, oh, I can't watch it. It's not the original. Like, it, it's still very true to it. I think it's even truer than yeah. maybe the OG. Yeah. Because the OG kind of went off the manga because, once again, I don't know, I guess manga scheduling the first anime kind of always conflict with each other. It takes longer. <laughs> it takes longer. And then also, you know, it is usually based off of the creator and how what their workflow is. If they aren't dependent probably on like being, you know, like when I think with Shonen Jump, that definitely pushed a lot of shows to be consistent because they had to like have a weekly appearance to be in Shonen Jump. But anything before then, you know, it came out when it came out. <laughs> you got it when you got it. And also production um, techniques were different. Mm-hmm. It really goes to show you that, you know, techniques and timing and attention to detail and storyboarding really does impact the show. Oh, absolutely. And I think for some shows, it, it does show, it. it's obvious where they didn't have any more source material, so they had to kind of figure out where would it go. And yeah. fans normally pick up on that. Fans can yeah. pick up on it. I think there's just a few shows where, honest and true, when they deviate, people don't mind. Yeah. And uh, the last one we're going to discuss is uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. I, this is one of the, It's good. I have no complaints. I mean, the original still looks like the original, and the slight touch-ups by Toei Animation still feels Sailor Moon to me. Just, you know, the brighter hair and not so much dark blonde. Yeah, the artistic changes that they decided to make for Sailor Moon mm-hmm. um, to kind of fully round out her character, especially with new technologies, yeah. she looks great. Like, oh, the yeah. whole show I looks good. And the eyes and the uh, the outfit. I mean, like, the spark in the original eyes and then, like, the real rounded eyes kind of really make Sailor her out even more. Yeah, I don't know. She has, like, there's a different kind of grace to it that's added with this one they added yeah. a bit like of different accessories to her as well like obviously sailor moon is as feminine as you're good like iconic feminine yeah uh, anime character but i do think this mm-hmm. newer one kind of off uh offers a softer glow to her that yeah. people love people really resonated with mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it and the art you know prints up the filter out fellow episodes Tries to make the story more faithful to the original manga. Thank goodness. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. Also, you have better character development. Like, you know, depicting growth and change. Also, we don't have the controversy of... The relationship. The cause of the relationship. They're actually portrayed as the original intent, which is great. You know... Aqua and Michu, and then the Aqua's gender non-forming identity being explicit, I guess, rather than simply implying LGBTQ 
So, like, they're actually, like, portraying not the, you know, sensitive side to 4W kids at the time as well. Which, you know, 4W yeah. kids, when they take their dumbing, it's just like, well, this is what we have. Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't have as much freedom back then, really, with anything. It wasn't just censorship yeah. in regards to <laughs> sexuality. They, w- they would shut everybody down. <laughs> you yeah. were, they were like, who else are you going to go to? We were like, you're right. Yeah. You are right. We'll take yeah, what we, we can get. The 90s, and then we also have like the uh, two. 2015? 2021? Mm-hmm. For the newer version? I think the newer version, yeah. Like 2021? But, oh no. 2020, 2021? Yeah. Sailor Moon to me mm-hmm. is just like as a classic character that you just can't get away from. You know, it's Shoujo theme, but like, I watch Sailor Moon, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to embrace it because it's a really good show. It's a really good show, and she's overpowered for, like, no reason. I mean, it's shoujo theme, but, like, it has a plot. You know, most shoujo, you know, it gets, like, super dopey, and it just loses my interest. But it has to be, like, something like Sailor Moon to be able to not only gravitate my attention to the show and actually watching it, but overall interact with the characters like it does, too. Yeah. I mean, you also go into the ga- galaxy kind of thing, kind of puts uh, a higher uh, ceiling on it as well with the plot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I find Sailor Moon to be one of those shows that, because essentially with power, like she has no limit, I think everyone can get into it, especially if you like fighting shows. There's yeah. plenty of fighting. One thing Sailor Moon is going to do is throw hands. Like, I mean, There's no yeah. hesitation. Yeah, it's not magical go Madoka, but it is like a really good solid show that keeps going with it. Even the other Sailor Moon too have been yeah. received as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's a I solid show. It, I think it resonates more with you because you like that personal connection, you just ah, watch as a child, I can't get away from it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I grew up with it. Um, and, you know, like growing up, like for me, my brothers they had they had like Gundam and all of that. They they really like their action shows, but I mean, I really enjoy Sailor Moon. And then, like, every now and then, you'll catch them like watching and being like, that was cool, <laughs> that was cool what she just did. And I'm like, sure was true. Oh, Pete, yeah. You know, you know, as this particular episode comes to a wrap, the thing that we have to know with reboots, there's all these different reasons why it happens. One portrayal of the decades being a fall gap and you bring it to a new audience for a new generation. We also have, you know, censorship of the decades and, uh, being true to the manga or being too fast and you have to make your own OVA adaptation. Also, keep in mind just bringing to a reboot of just a different look is what you need with it as well when they consider these reboots. 
Yeah, you have to be able to be flexible so that way you can resonate with the audience that you're going for. And you're also trying to capture a new audience for people who never got to see the show in its original form. So I I really do give it up to a lot of these studios that take the time to try and make these characters look great and not too far from their original version. And if they do change it, it still looks good. That's the main thing. It has to still look good. Yeah, and sometimes these reboots fail because they didn't portray to the original version. Like, live action. Ah, no. Don't, you know. Don't do it to yourself, yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, sometimes a reboot in the same form as the original is it's sometimes better, sometimes decent, but it still brings a new, fresh quality to the content you're watching. And who knew? Maybe the characters change drastically. Maybe they don't. Maybe they stay the same. It all depends on the reboot. Depends on the studio. And then, you know, they might also change it depending on what the fans think. We saw what happened with Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Director's cut. You know, you, you know, directors have different visions and different portrayals of what could be a better version. So, but you know, as we wrap up this episode, I want to thank everyone for viewing it, being there for us as we, you know, get ready to launch the website. Um, overall, thank you for having us. It's really fun do- doing this type of content. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like thank you guys for listening. Um, listening to us go through all these different types of topics uh, because we love anime and you do too and like nerd culture I think it's really great and you can just talk about it forever oh yeah especially you know we doing maybe we should do another series with spinoffs see how reboots compared to spinoffs ooh that's a good one spinoffs be <laughs> sometimes sometimes they're good and you're like you be talking crap and then you watch it and you're like oh huh. oh this is awkward <laughs> yeah. I'm in love <laughs> but as we wrap this up don't forget to subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts Spotify, Our Heart Music Our Heart Radio Apple, uh, Amazon Music and don't forget to be, if you want to be an MC animator on our Patreon page at Blog MC Anime, please do so. We have hosting content, give us suggestions, be a special guest, you know, contributing, doing the polls, all that we want to make for MC Anime going forward. And Absolutely. you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, Mason Kalan at on Twitter, and then blog MC Anime on Facebook. Uh, that's a wrap, and thank you guys for watching. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.